The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. All right, take your Bibles this morning. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read uh, the first seven verses, so if you'll follow along with me as I read. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto uh, these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Let's, let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you for this time. I pray now that you would uh, bless what will be taught this morning, that it would be useful to us and would, and would encourage and edify us. And we give you the praise and the glory for those things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We've been talking about the judgment of the saints and the the different aspects of our life that God will examine uh, according to what we can find in Scripture. And we, we've given three things so far. We talked about how uh, God is going to judge us as to how we control the old man. Um, he talked about, he, we've talked about how he's going to judge us as to how we treat the brethren. And last time, how we discharge our authority. So these are areas of our lives that the Lord are going to examine. Not for, not for judgment to punish us, but for the purpose of reward. So these areas of our life, how we control our old man, the old nature, how we, how we treat the brethren, how we discharge the authority that God has given us, are areas of our life that will be examined. Now today I'd like to look at a fourth area, and that is how we use our talents. How we use our talents. Um, Turn with me, if you would, um, to 1 Timothy, chapter 4, just a little bit further toward the back of the Bible. 1 Timothy, chapter 4. And we're going to read uh, from 1 Timothy, chapter 4, beginning at verse number 14. We read here, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. So we see here that Paul admonishes Timothy not to neglect the gift that was given him. Um, just a moment ago, we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, and we read, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So the gifts that, that, that are manifested to us by the Holy Spirit of God are designed to be of a prophet. And now this is not implied, though, to mean an individual or personal profiting from the manifestation of gifts or talents from the Spirit. 
Rather, it is to imply a cooperative prophet. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, God has bestowed talents on each of us for the work of the ministry, for the sanctification of the body. In other words, God has given you a gift to profit the work of the ministry. He's given you a gift to profit the church and, and to profit one another. Not to, not to hoard to ourselves or, or to harbor for our own use. Um, we all know down through history of, of people who profess to be believers and God's given them gifts and talents and they use those to launch themselves into stardom or to promote themselves in this life. Most predominantly, of course, is Elvis Aaron Presley. Now, I've known, I've known two or three uh, well-known preachers in my life who have met Elvis Presley, have spoken with him, and they, they all, all, all of them say they believe he is a believing, he was a believing Christian, that he was indeed a child of God. Now, I don't know that. And I'm sure they don't know that positively, but from, from the testimony he gave in speaking with them, they were affirmed that he was indeed a Christian. Now, if that's true, God, and, and, and Elvis Presley, by the way, was a, a choir director in a, in a church when he was younger. But if he was a believer and God did then gift him with a talent, what did he do with that talent? Did he, did he glorify the church with that talent? Did he glorify the Lord with that talent? If indeed he was a believer, and I'm not standing here this morning vouching for Elvis Aaron Presley, but if he was a believer, he used the gifts, the talents God gave him for his own profiting and not for the, not for the cause of Christ. Now, this, this is not why God has given us these gifts and talents. In Ephesians chapter 4, we read, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did he give these gifts? Well, it goes on in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Now I did say, and, and I do believe with all my heart from Scripture, that God has given everyone here gifts. He's given each of us talents. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Now, these gifts that Paul discussed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 were a little unique. They were unique because in, in those days, the, the word of God was not yet published. And men and women did not yet have a Bible that they could refer to for, um, for, for edification in Christ. So these gifts, these special talents were given to some, some of God's saints so that they could prove the power of God. So they could reveal to, to men the true power of God. Well, we have the written word now to reveal to us the Lord. We don't need to speak in tongues anymore. Uh, we don't need, I don't need to have someone crawl down the aisle and I lay my hand on them and, and shake it a little bit and they jump up and run back to their seat. We don't need that anymore, okay? 
And those gifts have been taken away, and Paul teaches us that in Scripture. But I want us to see from this Scripture that God does give people talents. Now, the, the gifts and talents that he, he, he distributes to us today are different than they were then because the needs are different today. And, and, and we'll go into that a little bit more. In Romans chapter 12, we read, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So here Paul explains that we have these diverse gifts, we each have these different abilities and talents, and we are to use them for the purpose that they were given. And that is for the perfecting of the saints, for the edification of the body of Christ. Now, with the time that I have this morning, I want us to consider uh, our gifts for a moment. And I want us to consider our responsibility to act upon these gifts. So, uh, all of us here aren't, aren't preachers. Everyone here is not a pastor. If we had a church full of pastors, what good is that? Right? You don't need a church full of pastors. You only need one pastor in a church, so let the rest of the pastors go out and start other churches. But we do need deacons. We do need teachers. We do need people that have talents to sing. Um, we do need people that like playing with electronic equipment and can, can give us the sound that we need. We, we do need people with a compassionate heart to, to be prayer warriors. We do need people um, with, with what I think the greatest gift of all is the ability to work in the nursery. That's what I think is probably the, the greatest gift God gives anyone. Uh, and, and so forth. We have different needs in the church. And so God brings people to us and gives us these gifts. You might sit here and say, well, I don't have a gift. Oh, yes, you do. You have a gift. You just... You just need to, to discover that, and we're going to talk about that here a little bit. You need to pray and, and find out from God what that gift is. But all of us here have a gift that is designed to profit the work of the ministry, to profit the church. So let's consider these for a minute. First of all, letter A this morning, we must seek and discover our gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 1, Paul writes, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. So Paul says, I don't want you to, I don't want you to, to not understand spiritual gifts that, that, that we have received from the Lord. So first, I, this morning I say we need to seek and discover our gifts. Ignorance is the result of a lack of knowledge or education. Therefore, Paul, in an indirect manner is telling us to open our eyes and see what God has for us. Um, most of the time, people can discover what, what gift they have just by simply listening to what the pastor preaches and, and what the church needs. And, and we, have, we have to respond to those things. Uh, I read a story once of an ancient Persian his name was Ali Hafed, 
who owned a very large farm that had orchards, grain fields, and gardens. He was a wealthy, contented man. One day, a wise man from the east told the farmer all about diamonds and how wealthy he would be if he owned a diamond mine. Ali Hafed went to bed that night a poor man, poor because he was not content. Craving a mine of diamonds, he sold his form to search for the rare stones. He traveled the world over, finally becoming desolate, broken and defeated, that he committed suicide. One day, the man who purchased Ali Hafed's form led his camel into the garden to drink. As his camel put its nose into the brook, the man saw a flash of light from the sands of the stream. He pulled out a stone that reflected all the hues of the rainbow. The man had discovered the diamond mine of Golconda, the most magnificent mine in all of history. Had Ali Hafed remained at home and searched in his own garden, instead of a death in a strange land, he would have had the acres of diamonds. So often, all that we desire and all that we seek is right where we are. There have been times in my life when I've, I've wished I could have more. But when I stop and take a look at what God has given me, I realize I have more than I ever hoped to have. If you have the love of a family, if you have a church where you can serve, where you, you can be confident that your children are being taught the truth, then you are richer than any man with all the diamonds that he has. We look for spectacular gifts. People come into a church and they, they, want, the, they want the gifts that are most prominent. They want, they, want, they want the jobs in the church that give them the most recognition. But they're not willing to do the least of the jobs in the church. They're not willing to, to go clean the toilets. We have people that clean the toilets in this church. And you know what? Many of you may not even know who that is. And they don't, get, they, don't, they don't get a lot of recognition. We don't bring them up on the platform and talk about how they do all the janitorial work around the church and how thankful we are and how wonderful that is. They just do it because they have an ability to do something and they want to serve the Lord. And that's why we should desire gifts from the Lord. When, when the opportunity come to, comes along to serve, some reject it because they want they want a better, a better job. They, they want to serve in the church. I remember years ago, a, a man brought his family to this church, and he wanted to be a deacon. And he wasn't eligible to be a deacon for, for reasons I won't discuss, but he wasn't eligible to be a deacon. And when he found out he couldn't be a deacon, he left the church, he and his family. You see, he didn't, he didn't come to this church for the right reasons. He didn't, he didn't desire to serve for the right reasons. He wanted to do all of these things for, to profit himself. And God's gifts are never given to profit you. They're given to profit his work. And if they do profit you, that's a bonus. Amen? 
And we need to remember that. Now, I know, I know I'm not preaching. I know I'm not teaching this morning something you don't already know. I'm just trying to remind us of some important things. There are a couple of things to remember here. First, all gifts, and I'm talking about talents here, abilities, all gifts come from God. James chapter 1 and verse 17, he writes, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with, no, with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. God gave you your gift for his purpose, and his purpose has not changed. That's what James means when he says there's no variableness. I've had people that come to me and say, God has called me to do a certain thing, and they get started, and then, and then a, a, a month later they quit. And I go to them and I say, hey, I thought God called you to this. Yeah, well, he changed his mind. No, 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 no. God doesn't change his mind, okay? If God calls you to something, he intends you to do it. The problem is, we want to do things, and we try, to, we try to blame that on God. See? So we need to pray and, and seek and discover our gifts, realizing gifts come from God. So God will, God will reveal to us the talents he has given us, the gift he has given us. Romans eleven twenty nine: For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They're without repentance. He doesn't change his mind. But then also, remember this, your gifts represent God in your life. Your gifts represent God in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read it a moment ago, verses 4 through 6. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Your gifts represent God. God in your life. Now consider the work that God has given, uh, given you to do. Never consider it unimportant. Don't wake up. Listen, if you, have, if you teach a Sunday school class or, or if you have a job to do in the church, if you sing in the choir or if you, uh, if you simply come in and sit in the pew, hear the preaching and say amen, which is like saying sick em to a dog, uh, you get your pastor really fired up when you say amen. Thank you. Um, never consider that unimportant. You know, I, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm not trying to lift myself. But I've never woke, gotten up on a Sunday morning and just not feeling like coming to church and say, ah, someone, Brother Gary will cover the music or, or uh, someone else will, will, will take care of that. I don't, I don't need to worry about that. No, no, no. Listen, when God has given us a gift, it's important. And we need to do it. If, if at all possible, we need to do it. Now, I realize there are circumstances and times when we just can't get in here, and, and I understand that. But that should not be the normal, right? That should not be the normal. We should never, we should never consider the gifts God has given us unimportant. Now, I put a statement in there. Let me just give you the, the blanks on that. Discovering your gifts is where the pathway to happiness begins. Discovering your gifts is where the pathway to happiness begins. So, do not be content to just sit here and, and do nothing. Seek and discover the gifts God has given you and put them to use. So that's letter A. Then letter B on our study sheets, we must study and develop our gifts. We must study and develop our, our gifts. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, a verse we all know well. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A few moments ago, uh, I defined ignorance as a lack of knowledge. Well, here is where we can overcome ignorance. Now, as a teacher, I, I taught... For 17 years, I taught high school students, and I, I taught all subjects. And as a teacher, I looked for my students' strengths. Every, every student is different. Every child is different. They all learn differently. Maybe one of the children were, was an auditory learner, or perhaps they were a visual learner, or, or a tactile learner. Understanding... What motivated that child to learn enabled me to be more effective in teaching them. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe they were a student who just sat there and learned by listening to what was said, that auditory learner. Maybe they were one that was a visual learner. You, you had to show them. You couldn't tell them. You could explain it to them all day long. They wouldn't get it done. But if you put the problem in front of them and you stood by them and you watched them work it and you helped them through it, they would learn. Or, or, or a tactile learner. They had, to, they had to touch it. They had to feel it. They had to, they had to be involved with, with the process of discovering. And, and so they had, there was different methods for teaching. Understanding what motivates a, a student to learn is what makes the teacher effective. Now, let's consider our gifts from the Lord for a moment. Once we have discovered our gifts, then it is time to begin developing that gift for, for God's glory. When I was a, a little boy, my mother brought me to church and put me in the choir, and at the end of the at the end of the practice session, the choir director came and told my mother, maybe he'd be better someplace else. And um, many, 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 many years later, a preacher walked up to me and said, you're leading singing this Sunday. I said, I'm doing what? He said, you're leading the singing. I said, are you kidding me? I was kicked out of the boys' choir. He said, you're leading singing this Sunday. I started, I knew two songs. And we had no piano player. So I sang two songs every service, and that was it. Well, I could have stayed there, and here I'd be 35 years later, still singing two songs. But I started, I started learning, I started studying, I started trying to learn. Uh, slowly, I, I learned how to read music, I learned the, the scales, then I learned how to, how to read the timing on music, and, and how to uh, pick up the rhythm of the song, and, and how to count the notes, and, and all these different things. And so now, without, without any glory to me, uh, 35 years later, I can grab a hymn book and look at a song I've never sang, give me 15 minutes to study it, and I can sing it with no accompaniment. Why? Because I worked at it for years. And, and, and that's what we have to do. If you're in the choir, don't just be content to sit in the choir and sing. Get it, learn. Develop that gift God has given you. Develop that talent. Learn all those things I was talking about. And it's, very, it's very easy to learn. If you, if you teach a Sunday school class, don't be content to, to have someone hand you a book with the, the outline and just read what's on there. Take that information. Dig, study, develop. Add meat to the bone. That's just a skeleton. Add meat to the bones. 
Uh, these study sheets we give you, Pastor and I, don't, don't just fill. What do you do with those? I've often wondered, what do people do with those? Fill them out, put them in their Bible, and that's it. Those are, those are, listen, I could not possibly stand here this morning with the time that I have and teach you every detail about this subject. So what have I done? Well, I've tried to, I've tried to give you a skeleton, an outline that you can use, and then go home and start studying and developing that yourself. Let the Holy Spirit put the meat on the bones and grow in this and develop a full understanding of it. This is important. We must study and develop our gifts. We are to study for sure, but more than this, we are to exercise our gifts. We're to exercise them. We're, if, you, if your gift is singing, join the choir. Practice, practice, practice. If your gift is teaching, help out in a Sunday school class or a Pioneer Club class. If your gift is organization, uh, seek opportunities to help in the ministry. Remember, Paul said there are gifts of administration. And, and we need to seek opportunities to help in these. Whatever your gift is, you must develop it if it will be usable. To know what gift God has given you and to ignore this gift is both foolish and disappointing. James said in, chapter, in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So let's, let's not just be content to, to, to sit around and, and, and not utilize the gifts that God has given us, the talents that he's given us, but let us seek opportunities. Let's, let's go to the pastor and say, Preacher, uh, I can yodel. I can yodel, Pastor. I'm a good yodeler. You want that? You want me to use that in service? I know our pastor. He'd probably say, "Yeah, let's give it a try." <laughs> now, I'm, of course, I'm using an extreme example, and you understand that. But if you have, if you have an ability to do something, and we don't do it around here. Go to him and talk to him about it. Tell him, "Look, I'd like to, sir, I'd like to help here." And, and even if you, even if you're not sure what your gift is, go to the pastor and say, "Pastor, I want, I want to serve. I want to help." Uh, I mean, I don't want to just—I don't—I don't want to just come and 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 not do anything. I want to be a part of this ministry. What can I do? I—I I promise you, he'll find you a job. He'll find something for you to do. So, be aware of that. God has a purpose for us, and He has a plan for us. How we use or neglect these gifts determine our success. Uh, there's another statement on your sheet: developing your gifts is where God's purposes are revealed. Developing your gifts is where God's purposes are revealed. I've had people come to me and say, well, what does God want me to do? I, I, I don't know. Well, seek and discover your gift, study and develop it, and in doing so, you'll find out what God's purpose for you is. And then letter C, we must surrender and distribute our gifts. We must surrender and distribute our gifts. Luke chapter 6 
and verse 38. Give, and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, I understand this verse is talking primarily about giving alms and being charitable, but it also applies to our talents. Use the talents God has given you, surrender them to the church, and, dis- and, and use them and, and allow the Lord to distribute the blessings of your talents to those around you, and you too shall receive in return. God has not given you the talents he has so that you can sit on them. He has not given them to you for your own personal gain. They have been given for the benefit and the use of others. Turn with me real quickly to Acts chapter 3, please. Acts chapter 3. Got just a few minutes left. Acts chapter 3. We'll begin reading at verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now, here we see um, an, an illustration that Giving does not always involve money, although we ought to give money. But we, we also give the, the talents we have. We give our strength. We give our time. We give our ability. As I understand it, the group of teenagers went over to the pastor's house this week and did some, some landscaping work. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. That's the kind of, that's the kind of using what we have. Now, those, those teenagers... They had, they had strength, they had energy, they have ability, and God used all of that together to, to, to perform a task for another one of his children, and in so doing, bless a whole bunch of people. And, and these are the, this is the simplicity of what we're talking about. It's, we're talking about using what God has given you, but using it for him, not for yourself. I also remember we had a car wash one year out here in the front to raise some money for teens for camp. And I found out about a half hour into it, one of the teenagers was taking tips from people. I went over there and I pulled him aside and said, what are you doing? Oh, they're offering it. Now you see, that's an example of taking opportunities God gives you to serve and using it for yourself rather than for him. So we, we do what we do, not because we get paid, not because there's a profit in it for us, but because it's to the glory of God and for the use of edifying the saints. So we, we, we use the talents, we surrender them, and we, we distribute them. We, we give them to those around us. 
Have we taken the talents that God has given us and have we buried them in our lives? I don't have time to turn to Matthew chapter 25 and read the verses that I've cited, but you go there later and read that. And we all know this story. It's it's about the unfaithful servant who received a talent from his Lord and he hid it in the ground because he was afraid to lose it. And there's a lesson to be learned there. And you go study and and learn that lesson. Because I'm out of time. How will we be found at the judgment seat of Christ? Will we have taken the gifts, the talents that God has given us, and will we have discovered them, developed them, and, and distributed them? Or will we be as an unfaithful servant and bury them and not use them for fear of, uh, of failure? Now, in closing, let me give you a couple of thoughts and we're done. Number one, if you have a talent, use it for God. If you have a talent, use it for God. 1 Peter chapter 4, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same to another. Second thing is, don't do tomorrow what you know to do today. Don't put it off. Don't, don't delay. Don't do tomorrow what you know to do today. Jesus stated in John chapter 9 and verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. In John chapter 4, the Lord stated, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and in cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. If you have something that you need to do for God, do it today. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Discover, develop, and distribute your gifts. Last two statements on your study sheet, and we're done. Surrendering your gifts is where the power of God is released. Surrendering your gifts is where the power of God is released. He's, he's given you a gift, and he will use it to his glory if you surrender it. And the last statement is this. There is no greater investment of life than to use your gifts in your local church. God has, it, it amazes me when I consider the abilities that God has, has gathered in this place. Every major corporation in America would love to have all of the different abilities and talents that God has brought together in this place. The question is, are we using them for him? Do we even know we have them? And if we do know we have them, are we developing them? Are we studying to get better and better and better at what we do? Not to glorify ourselves, not to exalt ourselves, but for the glory and the purpose of God. All right, folks. Thank you for being here today. I hope it was of use to you and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.